Hello, everyone. This is Bill Apter, and I just finished taping an episode of Count It Out with Mike and Tyler, or Tyler and Mike. They're brilliant hosts. You've got to listen. You've got to see. Count it out. Yeah, I endorse it. They've got the after chat seal of approval. Hey, everyone. It's Alexia Nicole, and you're listening to Count It Out with Mike and Tyler. Well, we are live, pals, and welcome to another edition of that good old-fashioned Bill After. I fucked up, man. I'm so sorry. What? You don't have Already? to edit this. No, no. I'm not asking you to do something. I just, I, 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 I fucked up, and I got to fix it. I'll be right back. There we go. Sorry. <laughs> there we go go ahead interrupted my intro go ahead for for those of you that are listening to this on hold on before before i address what you have in the background you asshole allow me to finish because i have ocd we are live pals welcome to another edition of the bill after seal of approved counted out with mike and tyler my name is tyler and I am joined, as always, by asshole. Mike has changed his display picture, for those of you that are listening to this instead of seeing it, to Tyler has no credibility, because I may or may not have said Mike had no credibility in an argument a couple weeks ago. Touche, I will give you the nod on this one. I tip my cap to you, asshole, Mike. Uh, it's funny. All right, let's do this. Well, now that we are, now that Mike has pulled the rib on me of all ribs so far, asshole, again, thank you for joining us, everybody. We got a jam-packed episode here. We're going to do things a little bit backwards here. Before we get into anything, uh, the list this week, yeah, the list this week is going to be the top seven upsets of all time in professional wrestling. Before we get to that, uh, and before we get to a hypothetical, which we're going to do after the list this week, and before we get to any of the news of the week, about a month ago, our good friend of the show, Mr. Adam Content, Content, how do you say his name? Content. Content. <laughs> you're you're going to get me to butcher it. Content. Content. Adam Content. And it's okay because the guy that we're about to hear from also butchers his last name. Segway, segway. Uh, he joined in on a live chat with uh, Impact Wrestling star Sammy Callahan. And I've had this edited and ready to put on the show for three weeks. And for three weeks in a row, I have forgot to mention it. So let's, uh, let's hear from Mr. Sammy Callahan. Uh, and, and let's hear what Adam has to say about it. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. Adam Constant says, hey, Sammy, what has been the most difficult aspect on your recovery since injury? Uh, The time. Like, the pain wasn't an issue. Like, when I broke my leg, if you see the video, I'm in a pretty calm mood. The problem was uh, mentally uh, not being in the wrestling ring for almost a year. Sitting on my couch, sitting on this couch that I'm sitting at right now, not being able to do crap because I couldn't walk. 
I had holding. I had. I don't think people really realize uh, how big of a surgery I had. I had almost complete complete leg and ankle reconstructive surgery. I have what seven inch scars on both sides of my ankle where they had to go in because I broke my tibia and fibia. First of all, bam, they're like this. They broke and one went on top of the other. That's how bad my break was in my leg. Then in my ankle, I had a tri-shatter-lateral break, which means the ball socket of your ankle shattered into like six pieces. That's been the absolute worst part, just recovering from that and uh, getting back to normal. I don't completely even feel that I'm even at 100% in my mind yet, but I'm still out there kicking ass, still beating up Moose, still beating up Macklin. And Macklin, he he wants to say, oh, this is war now. You think I'm afraid of war? Death machine ain't afraid of war. I'm definitely ain't afraid of Macklin. I ripped his shirt off last night. Ate his lunch. Wham! One rip. That's how you rip a shirt. For me, Craig. Uh, Adam Contents says, favorite pump-up music or ritual for uh, a particularly dangerous match. I am a old-school music fan. Uh, I like 80s music, like early 90s music. I'm not really into all the music genres coming out around today. But uh, 100%... Uh, I'm going to say, uh, if I'm listening to 80s music, I'm a big Huey Lewis and the News fan. There's something about Huey Lewis and the News that uh, it's like the same thing using American Psycho. Uh, that that complete genre of music is what gets me pumped up. We haven't got to the new season of Stranger Things yet, Adam. Uh, we're in the middle of the second season. We keep getting caught up with other shows. Uh, we just finished watching The Boys, which is by far the best television show ever made. If uh, anyone out there watching it, Character Soldier Boy, 100% Steve Macklin. Adam Constant asked, can you elaborate on the inspiration behind your Grindhouse videos? That's That was actually come up with 100% by a guy named Eric Tompkins. He is uh, one of the head producers on Impact Wrestling. He is an absolute genius when it comes to video editing, absolute genius when it comes to film. And that's something he said when when things were starting to get the wheels started, my leg was getting better. I was getting ready to come back. He sent me some images. He goes, what do you think of this? I said, oh, I love them. And he just went from there. That was 100% Eric Tompkins. Adam Costa says, what makes Impact Locker Room different from all their locker rooms you've competed in? You've been everywhere, man. You've got some perspective. Uh, I think it has to be the the, the family the family top everyone there wants everyone to be successful it's not like some locker rooms i've been in where it's been very very political it's been very clicky it's been very uh just people wanting to backstab each other that's one thing you can people say whatever they want about impact wrestling but we have the best locker room atmosphere in all professional wrestling right now because it really is a family we are the island of misfit toys maybe some people that uh other people didn't pull the trigger on when they should have maybe people that uh are trying to have a redemption story. Maybe people that are coming back to wrestling. Maybe people that never got opportunities. Impact Wrestling finds stars on a, a yearly basis. They make stars. Uh, but right now, the locker room, like I said, like it, it's that atmosphere. Everyone wants everyone to be successful, and that's what makes our show so great. And that has been it. For Sammy Callahan's Ultimate Insiders Q&A, I will be back again soon. Thank you all for joining up. But until next time, thumbs up, thumbs down. All right. As always, Mr. Impact Wrestling, Adam, with another home run. Can, can I say something, man? I love the death machine, man. The fucking draw, Sammy Callahan. 
are you are you up on, on impact right now i i know you you're busy you know it's the only thing i keep up on i i haven't up on it? i haven't got to like actually watch it i've been watching a lot of youtube okay. clips i haven't got to watch full yeah. shows but i i am following everything that is happening it's the only it's the only show i watch every week impact is the only show i watch religiously great and a great and call. and and uh on every show, including the last, um, I don't know if they call it pay-per-view, but last pay-per-view they did, the last special they did, which was uh, Emergence, Sammy's just on fire every fucking show. He is definitely one of their stars. He loves Impact. You can tell he loves Impact. Um, 1,000% he loves Impact. I'm loving this feud they're doing with him and Musa and, and throwing in Steve Macklin in there. Because Moose and Callahan are already established stars. Like they are, they're both former champions in Impact. They're both, you know, they can't go any higher in Impact than they've been. Uh So what are they doing? They're using their stardom to get over this kid, Steve Macklin, who I truly believe is going to be a massive fucking star in less than a year. Uh, So good on them man good for you you sammy for really like putting over steve macklin and the way you've been doing it and man i'll I'll never i'll never say no to seeing moose on my tv right so i i'm loving everything they're doing with with sammy on on impact tv right now and and thank and thanks for doing that for us adam we love that absolutely and let's stick with the topic of impact for a little bit here before we get into the list and and a couple other things uh i want to talk about a little bit of pros and and i want to kind of have a little bit of a, a conversation excuse me conversation slash not debate but more of a conversation about impact as well uh i want to talk first of all about their roster and i want to talk about the way that they're presenting their roster to me i know a lot of people and and i think you might be one of these people and correct me if i'm wrong i don't want to put words in your mouth i i I, a lot of people they get frustrated with the you know this person's gone this person's gone type of roster and and to me i don't hate it as much because i feel like it keeps things feeling fresh um and it it reminds me like the old school territory you know what i mean like they bring guys in like uh morrissey was a great example big cast right they brought him in for like six months to a year got him over put somebody over and then he was gone you know what i mean it was kind of like you know, Jonah was another guy like that. I, yeah. I, I like when they do stuff like that. They still have their core group that they, they keep on. And it's just a good way to keep things feeling fresh. I understand that. I do. I And in a small part of me agrees with you that, that, that it's great. Because for a while, I like that. I like that you're going to put people on short, on short-term contracts. And, you know, you got your people that you put on longer contracts and everybody else goes on short-term contracts. And, and for a while, I kind of like that. The problem with me personally, as an impact fan, I get far too attached. Mm-hmm. I really do to certain people. So the, the most recent person to, to be like, not let go, but to, to have their, um, their contract expire was to deal Dashwood. Yeah. And I personally believe that Neil Dashwood was one of the highlights of my Thursday nights. Absolutely. She I love Neil Dashwood. I, 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 and I love that tag team, but Madison's gone as well too. So it makes sense. And Caleb's gone as well. So it makes sense, but I, it's hard for me. You brought up Morrissey. 
it was <laughs> I was finally getting to the point where I really enjoyed him. I fucking hated him in WWE. And I really didn't enjoy him for his first good stint in um, in Impact. By the time he became a, he- a face, I'm like, you know what? I could get behind this. This guy could be the face of this company. He could be that man. Like, I like I like the idea of seeing this guy against Moose. Like, this is fantastic. And then he was gone. Uh-huh. That's my problem with these, like, a lot of them are one-year contracts. Yeah. That's my only problem with these one-year contracts. Because for me as a fan, I don't think I'm nearly as fickle as 90 fucking 10, 95% of wrestling fans out there. But I am a wrestling fan, so I've got to be a little fickle, right? No, absolutely. So the fickle part of me takes a long time to invest into somebody. And the only problem with Impact is by the time you've got me, by the time you really grab me and I'm into you and I, and, and I want to love you, you're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's the way I've been for a long time. <laughs> Look at the people in WWE. I mean, there are people that people have been invested in and loved for a long, long time that I'm just getting into now or got into way too late. Um, prime example is The Miz. Yeah. I despise The Miz for years, years. I now think he's one of the best wrestlers to come out of the WWE in the last two decades. I know you haven't been watching a lot of WWE lately, but have you seen his new gimmick? I didn't see his new gimmick. I know that wasn't he like abducted by fucking um, Dexter. Uh, yeah. So, Dexter but, Loomis? but before that, for the last couple months, they did like an angle where um, he got like hit in the balls or something. And, mm. and Maurice was like, he's got, got big balls. He's got big balls and he's got it yeah. like, on his tights now. Like that's like his full yeah, gimmick I, now. That, that That's great. A lot of people are, um, are giving him credit for them moving to PG uh, to, to, to TV 14 and saying, well, they can't do that on a PG show. So they had to move it up. Obviously that's bullshit, but I, I like the rumor. It's, it's a cute, it's a fun rumor. Um, but, but, but he's my prime example of guys that it took me a long time to get invested to. And now I would be devastated if Ms. Left, Ms. you know, and there's, a lot, and there's a lot, there's a lot of guys like that. Sami Zayn, I loved El Generico, okay? I loved El Generico. It took me a while to get into Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. If Sami Zayn left tomorrow, I'd be devastated. Yeah, I, I get it. Okay? So, now put these guys into Impact. Can you imagine, like, it takes me years to get into these people. By the time I get into you, and all of a sudden, you, you know, you pull them away from me. I'm heartbroken. Because this is, I don't know, I, I can't put myself in the shoes of the wrestling fans, but the way I watch my wrestling, I'm very emotionally involved. Yeah. I, that's what I like about my professional wrestling. Uh, you can shit on sports entertainment all you fucking like, but that's, to me, that's what it always has been. It's been this entertaining show. It's that fucking soap opera with fucking tights and, and, and turnbuckles. You know what I mean? That's what it's always been to me since That's I'm the real TNT old. baby. Yeah. <laughs> Tights and turnbuckles. Can we? Pl- oh, that's our next T-shirt, man. I'm Sweet. fucking. 
We gotta yeah. we gotta sell more of our yeah. first ones first. So go to Pro Wrestling Tees <laughs> and buy some, and we'll put a new one. In. Please, please, we're starving. Mortgage keeps going up, guys. Help us out. Okay, <laughs> um, I wanna I but, wanna. But anyways, yeah, we could talk about this all day. But that's that that that's that's my take from from the impact thing. I understand why you like it, and to a certain degree, so do I. I like the freshness. I like I like bringing the people new because it it makes room in their um in their wallet to bring new people in yeah because they don't have that wwe bankroll right i mean maybe bringing in maybe maybe letting go of tenille dashwood is what made bringing in killer kelly possible and you know what killer and probably somebody else right killer kelly and maybe this person and maybe that person right Exactly. And don't tell me that Killer Kelly is not going to be a fucking draw. So heard her and Jody threat tore it down this weekend in Toronto. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to watch that actually. I get it. I get it. But as a fan, as a businessman, I get it. Okay, good. As I'm a, glad you said that because it segues into my next question for you. As a fan, it hurts my heart to see the people I love watching every week go away. All right. I want you to keep I wanted you to keep your businessman hat on here for a minute because this is my next question to you. Is Impact, that what the B stands for? No, the B stands for Bengals. Who day, baby? Uh, day, baby. Okay, so Impact Wrestling has recently announced the main event for their upcoming Bound for Glory pay per view, which yes, is going sir, to have. be an amazing match. Uh, Josh did Alexander. The, did you watch the match that Eddie won? No, I have not seen it yet. Ah, it's great. I love yes. it so much. It was such a good main event. Okay. So Josh Alexander versus Eddie Edwards uh, for the, yeah. the Impact Heavyweight Championship. Now, I'm loving this. Me too. And this match will be fantastic. But I want you to put yeah, your business good. hat on for a little bit here. Okay. Okay. Do you think that this is the biggest main event that Impact Wrestling could put on for their biggest show of the year? Do you think no. that? Uh, do you uh, think from that this? Business, from, yeah, you're asking just me from strictly, a business strictly standpoint. Strictly business. Strictly business. From a business standpoint, absolutely not. But I don't think that, and this is not a knock. This is not. This is the reason I love Impact. This is not a knock at all. I don't think they book, and they it, mainly is Scotty. I don't think they book Impact from a business standpoint. I think they do book from the heart. I, I mean, they've got to think business as well, though. You can't say that they're not going to book from a business. Not, they they want to make money, right? I'm not, okay. What I'm saying is, I think they, that they want comes into it. I think heart comes into it a lot more than it comes in from WWE or can, AEW. Can I twist on your words a little bit and, and maybe, maybe say like they book? Uh, I think that they think the best business is to put the best in ring talent together. Does that make is that kind of what you're going with? Like they think that that's what will make them. I think they I think they like to put out what they think the fans want. They really want to to give the fans what they what the fans are going to want. It's not a oh the fans are going to love this shit. It's it's a hey man they love Eddie they've loved Eddie. Let's give him a shot. Yeah, and and Eddie's a former world champion. It's not like he's not credible as a contender. That's not what I'm trying to say. And in a world where people are clamoring for more, people are missing ROH, man. They are. People are there because let's, I'm going to be perfectly honest. My fucking theory is coming true. I knew we couldn't trust Tony fucking con with ROH. He's fucking it up. 
That's another. That's another I, thing for another day. I truly believe he's fucking it up. I don't think uh, he's he had a chance to fuck it up yet. No, no, because he doesn't even fucking own it yet. Yeah, well, he yeah. Signed, he hasn't signed the fucking papers. <laughs> that's a different, different story. conversation. Yeah, that's different a conversation. Different, story. different thing. I, I don't think but, that what he's done with ROH show. I don't think he's fucked anything up yet. I think he they put on two but, really solid shows from top to bottom. I think. I think. I mean, I'm watching Bandito and fucking Ray Horace fucking tear it down in Impact. They're doing better ROH matches than fucking than AEW has. Ah, uh, did you did you watch the Briscoes two out of three falls against FDR? Like I said, ROH matches. FDR ain't ROH, baby. Now, well, they are, though. They're the tag champions. <laughs> but they're not. They're, well, they're not. They're AEW ROH. They're, WW, they're WWECW. Anyways. Fair. What, you know what I mean? Kind of. Yeah. ROH is done until, now. In, until he, and so was he. Yeah. yeah. But let Anyways, um, my, my, my point is in a world where people want to see more of ROH, AEW, I don't think it's giving us what exactly what we want. I think Impact is. And Impact understands that we want more of that. Eddie Edwards is fucking ROH. Under no more. He's, he's triple crown champion, man. Under no more is such a under no more is such a phenomenal stable right now. Very underrated. It's so under. It's one of my favorite things in professional wrestling right now, because they're giving you that you know that ROH thing, and while shitting on ROH, which they're not, but it's it's like oh yeah fuck ROH, but they're 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 giving that love to ROH at the same time. Yeah, man, but it's, it it's almost like they've evolved away from that as like they came in as ROH yes. and now they've evolved yeah. into an impact faction. I like the way they did that a exactly. lot. Exactly, they did it so smartly. Um, and they've made Addy Edwards into the best heel star he can possibly be. Absolutely. Um, Eddie has been a great face in Impact for the last several years. I agree. He, Eddie's feuds against fucking Moose, against um, Sam Callahan, have been legendary. But we haven't seen this Eddie Edwards. So to see this Eddie Edwards go up against Josh Alexander as a fan, I'm extremely excited. Last, um, but last... you're asking me from a business standpoint, is this the biggest match they could do for Bound for Glory? The answer is an emphatical no. Fuck no. They so could the, do a lot better. The last business, but, last business I question I want to ask you then, and and we've talked about this many many years, uh, for many years. Who? Like, what is it with Impact? Like, do you feel like they still don't have like that, you know, that big star? And I, when I say yeah. big star, like I mean like the like that big Listen, draw. Like Josh is killing it as world champion. Josh, he's killing it. A, and when I when I from an in-ring standpoint, from an in-ring standpoint, Josh is putting on match of the fucking year every fucking week. When I say you draw I mean? too, I mean for the casual fan because like Impact yeah. has a oh. very loyal fan base. Do you think Josh is doing it for the casual fan, though? I think he's helping. I think I think that's what's missing, uh, unfortunately. Josh doesn't have... Josh is the Bret Hart of 2022. But it's he's like the 92 one, it's Bret that, Hart. It's, it's, yes, it's that one little thing missing. 
I'm not saying Josh's promos are horrible. They're not. They've been really um, good lately. But but I'll tell you when I love Josh the most. When I love Josh the most is when we put him in those face to faces. Yeah. His his contract signing with Eric Young a few months ago. Yeah, and then this one the I watched the one with, I watched do. that one and the Shelly one. The one he did with Shelly was fantastic. Was golden. Yeah. Josh is hitting home runs. And so and so was Shelly and so was Eric. You know what I mean? And, and Scotty. I love that Scotty comes out for those because he, like, I'm surprised he doesn't have to hide his boner. You know, Scotty's out there being like, look what I've done. Look what I've done. They've I really done a great two, job turning him back the around. greatest stars, 100%. Scott should be more proud of himself than any than even Triple H. Anyone well, you know what? That's a great segue. I want to talk about Monday Night Raw. I did something okay. this week. Did that I haven't, I, I watched a, a fair amount wow. of it. I have Good not watched you. WWE in a long time. I didn't. And, and, and it it's, was in our backyard. It was, it was 20 minutes away from us. We didn't go. You texted me saying, oh, fuck, I think we should have went through Raw. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck could they have possibly done to make you think I was going to spend that kind of money on nosebleed seats. And it was expensive. It's like 80 bucks Canadian. So that's like, yeah, uh, that's like for, $12 for, American, but for nosebleed. Yeah. Um, I was like, what the fuck could make you think that, that I would want to go to that show? And then I Googled it. <laughs> Johnny Man, wrestling is Johnny back. Johnny wrestling, baby. Johnny Gar fucking Gano. They they back picked the right WWE. market. They picked the right place to bring 100%. him back to. The because Toronto was hungry for this there. show. Toronto, how can I say this right? Toronto loves professional wrestling. Toronto, Canada loves professional wrestling. We haven't had TV since SummerSlam, two thousand nineteen. Exactly. They sold out Raw at the ACC. Legit sellout, not a bullshit the, sellout. The last time I saw wrestling in Toronto, I saw Gargano versus, uh, was it Adam Cole? Yeah, Adam the Cole. three stages of yeah. Hell. Yeah. I was at the tag so, team match live that he referenced on Raw as well, and it's one of the greatest live matches I've ever well, seen. It's one one of the best matches in history. When yeah. I, 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 you're talking about Takeover One or yeah. Takeover Toronto? I, I actually yeah. in my basement I have the plaque from that with a piece of the 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 ring canvas on it. You know, and and that's another reason why that's the best market to bring him into because that man is responsible for two of the best takeovers in history, and both were in Toronto. Do you want to know what I really liked about the Gargano re-debut, though? Now, just bear with me for a minute here, okay? WWE fans, the majority of WWE fans, probably don't know a whole lot about Johnny Gargano because WWE fans aren't necessarily NXT fans. Do you get what I'm saying? Main roster. I understand what you're saying. I don't think I agree with you, but I know what you're saying. Um, What I like, though, about um and when i say they're not nxt fans i just i don't think that people are following that product a lot it's just like when nxt had their black and gold heyday i I think they were at that point in time though i think a lot of them were like more than 60 percent were i don't know i i feel like like at that time period like the nxt fans were watching nxt and not the main roster and the main roster fans were like (laughs) 
there's like that yeah. really weird WWE main roster you loyalty at, thing. When but, some of them came over to that main roster, though, you knew they were watching. I don't. Well, know. it depends on how they got debuted. If it was the night after WrestleMania, that's not a WWE crowd, right? You debuted them in, uh, uh, I don't know, fucking Columbus, Ohio, on a Monday in September, and they get a pop. Then okay, they're watching. You know what I mean? But what I like, yeah. what I like that Gargano did, is he came out. And he introduced himself. For those of you that don't know who I am, and I, I that goes a long way for me because, like, that, if, he's, been, if you're, he's been gone. He hasn't been gone that long, nine, but he's been months. gone long enough to. But you know, if you're if you're not watching NXT, you're just seeing this guy come out and being like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" You know what I mean? I so you. I I really like the way that they're bringing these guys in. You know, uh, the way that they're doing Dexter Loomis, I think, has been really good. 100%. I, um, I could not agree with you more. Yeah. So I, I uh, gotta apparently say, they, apparently, uh, Loomis's uh, accomplice that attacked AJ last week was he's a local uh, guy. Santino's boys. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So yeah, what I, what I, I, I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh my God, Triple H is saving the WWE because I think it's way too soon to to say anything like that. However. There's a lot of positive momentum in the WWE right now, and they are doing a lot of good things. And hey, man, they, they got me to put on my TV and and watch some Monday Night Raw. So that's what the whole plan. That's that's what the whole. I'm and, hoping, and of course, I, I had to watch. I'm Edge hoping to get there myself. I I, I had once, to watch Edge and Priest fight because I'm an Edge guy. So once they finally fucking cra- you know break off that third hour and give me a two hour show, I'll probably start watching too. Camera angles. Um, I didn't feel sick watching Raw either. Well, that was a big one for good, me because because the, the big rumor is that the Triple H and Stephanie are big fans of that shit. So even after um, a, even after Dunn says goodbye, that might stick around. I want to give a big shout out before we jump into the list. Yeah, since we're talking about WWE, let's go from Raw to SmackDown. Good. I'm glad you brought this up. I almost forgot. SmackDown. I believe it came out of Montreal. Yes, it did. Um. Sucks for me. Uh, I, I have a good track record of being at all the Raws and Smackdowns in Montreal. I haven't been in years, though. Can I tell uh, you Can I tell you who the luckiest person in Montreal is? Ronda, okay. Rouse, Ronda Rousey. Yeah. She's yeah. lucky she didn't get the shit kicked out of her on Monday Night Raw on, <laughs> on Smackdown. Let me tell you. Let's give a massive, massive shout out to our fucking boy, Big Ben Ortman's. Um, not just him, man. I, I, I know Casey Spinelli was there. Uh, John Gonzalez was there. They used a bunch of, um, of Canadian talent, but big Ben, he's, he's our boy. He's yeah. ours. He's, he belongs to count it out, baby. We love Ben. He's been, he has been one of the biggest supporters of our show since, since we stepped foot in Barry wrestling, um, exactly a year ago next month. For the last year, Ben has been our biggest supporter. We love Ben so much. We've done work with Crossbody. Ben, to see him on national fucking television get his balls handed to him by the baddest woman on the planet was one of the coolest things. I I'll think Rhonda got lucky. It looked like Ben slipped to me, and that's how Rhonda got the advantage. Okay, some might call that a judo throw. I think he, <laughs> I think he slipped not- on a banana peel. But uh, I'm not playing that shit. I'm not playing that shit, and I'll tell you why. I'm giving it to Ben for 
He is fucking amazing acting because people don't give enough credit to wrestlers for their acting ability. Oh, he was great. His facial expressions. His, were so his facial good. expression was some of the best I've ever seen. You truly believe she was going to rip that arm off and feed it to him. You truly believe that. He was so fucking good. Yeah. And, um, and I, I just want to say, like, from a personal standpoint, like, just, you know, the conversations I've had with Ben and, and just the advice he's given us here and there and, and just getting to talk to him as a human being. Uh, I just I love Big Ben and I just want to like he's such a I'm great so guy. Proud of him. He's I'm such so a great wrestler. He's such a great wrestler yeah. too. Uh, if you guys haven't checked him out, check him out. If you haven't checked out anything crossbody pro wrestling, check it out. I just watched a fantastic Iron Man match between great Gabriel Fuerza and uh Holden Albright. It was two out of three falls, sorry, not Iron Man, but they went over an yeah. hour. It's a great match, great promotion. They're doing great things. They're on a bit of a break right now, but they'll be back and uh, ben, we love and, you and we're uh, proud of you, man. Ben, ben got his clock wrong a couple weeks ago, so he's taking a bit of a breather, but he'll be back and he's going to be better than ever because he's Ben fucking Ortman. I thought he was Eric Bishop with that line. One more one more quick sh- uh, shout-out for me, and then I want to um, refill my beer and then uh, jump to the list. You mentioned judo throws. And if, since we're talking about Ronda Rousey and judo throws – I got to talk about something that I wish I talked about last week and I totally forgot. Um, last week, we lost one of the most influential men in the history of professional wrestling, and that's Judo Jean LaBelle. Yeah. Uh, Judo Jean was, number one, one of the greatest stuntmen in, in Hollywood history. He was one of the greatest wrestling trainers in wrestling history. And he's one of the biggest legends in the history of the art of judo. He trained both my personal favorite wrestler, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and his protege, uh, our Rowdy Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. Uh, both will tell you until the day they die that Judo Gene was one of the greatest people they knew. I, I say this with a lot of heavy heart because um less than two weeks ago i texted you saying hey man i just emailed judo gene labelle i'm like i know we'll never get him but the, like how awesome would that be two days later he passed away so you know it was just like fuck the man was like, what was he, like 98 or some shit? Like, I, I honestly don't know old. how old he was. He was very old. He was in his 90s. So it's not like this is a tragedy per se. But at the same time, it was like, I just tried to get him on the show. And he he, he left us. And it, it, it leaves a hole in my heart because he is responsible for, he's ir- he's indirectly responsible for my love of professional wrestling rowdy roddy piper was the very first professional wrestler i loved that's why he's my favorite today because he was my favorite as a child i loved and everything i loved about rowdy roddy piper he got from judo gene gene taught him how to be the greatest heel in in professional wrestling and fans of Roddy and fans of Ron uh, of Ronda Rousey owe that to Judo Jean LaBelle. If you want to hear some amazing stories about Judo Jean LaBelle, uh, I would highly recommend listening to Freddie Prince Jr. on JBL and Briscoe's podcast. 
because like Gene LaBelle was his like not his uncle, but he called him Uncle Gene, Freddie Prince. Well, they were... he well he 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 helped his, um, Freddie Prince Senior with his stunt work. Yes, and so yeah. him and so like you know Gene trained I haven't heard... Prince. Yeah, I haven't he... heard that uh, that interview. But oh, that it's makes sense so funny. Yeah. He tells all the stories about beating up Steven Seagal and all that stuff. The other thing I loved about Gene LaBelle was um, what he used to do with Ronda Rousey's fights, where he would sit there with the stopwatch. Right, every fucking fight. But that and then that's when they first started getting into UFC. I was watching Ronda's fights, and I would see Gene there. I said, and I remember I was sitting there with my buddy Cooter, and I look up and said, "Is that Great. fucking Judo Gene?" Great name. And, and good. Well, his name's Mike Coots. Shout yeah. out to Mike Coots. Shout out to Cooter. But I call him Cooter. I've called him Cooter for fucking fifteen years now. But I, I, I look over. I look at Cooter. And I said. Is that fucking judo gene? And he goes, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. So I fucking Googled it and it was judo gene. I started laughing. I said, shit. I, that makes so much fucking sense to me because she was just kind like, she wasn't calling herself Rowdy Ronda, but the name was getting around. And like, that makes so much fucking sense. I looked at, at Gooder. I'm like, do you know who he trained? He trained, he trained Rowdy, Roddy, Roddy, Roddy Piper. And then, you know that, that that got my buddy Cooter back into wrestling and shit, which was awesome. But anyways, uh, I digress. We love Judo Jean Labelle here at this show. Um, tune in in December because I guarantee we'll be talking about him again when we do our year end show. We always yeah. do. He'll uh, be on. He'll be on the the yeah. unfortunate list I put together. Those we lost throughout the year, and, yeah. and I've been working on that actually the last couple of weeks. So. However, we've been rambling far too long. Let me go fill this fucker up. You can't see that. Ooh. Um, I'm gonna get. I, I'm gonna fill up my drink. Then I'm gonna, gonna do the whole list without you. List. Well, that would be an upset. <laughs> I see what you did there. It can't be counted out unless the drinks are full. I'm topped up. Mike's topped up. Are you well, ready? Not yet. I got to show you how, how how I topped up. This is really cool. I know I showed you this um, a couple weeks ago. I've been saving this for for doing a recording. <laughs> this it, it's cool, but not cool at the same time. So I entered this fucking weird thing online. Moosehead was giving away uh, free cans of beer if you had like a really cool accomplishment in your life, and they would personalize your can. So if like you just graduated university and your name was Bill. They'd be like, give you a fucking free can of moose head with your name Bill on it. And it was really cool. So I emailed them and I said, I have a fucking podcast called Countdown. This is this is right after we did Jimmy the Jimmy Jacobs interview. And I said, we just did our 30th interview in less than three years. And we think that's fucking cool. So that's an accomplishment. So we want to count it out can. And I never heard back from them again. And then one day I get this fucking package in the, in the mail and it's got a single can of beer personalized to count it out. And the funny thing about that is, can you, I don't know here. I'm going to no, do can't it so see you it. can actually see it. And the, the fucked up thing is, it's written with a fucking Sharpie. Amazing. I could have done that myself. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Well, how about how about real quick? Uh, 
we talk about one other accomplishment uh, that I'm really proud of, and that would be on Saturday, September the 10th, Barry Wrestling's Back to School 8 uh, with Josh Alexander and Santino Morella on the card. And uh, on the show poster, the Counted Out logo is on there. That's our first time being on a wrestling poster. Uh, I'm incredibly proud of this. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk more about Barry Wrestling definitely I mean, on, a, on another episode. Yeah, it's it's cool, I guess. It's it's like my second time being on the poster. Uh, not that big of a deal. WrestleMedia was on the poster a couple of years ago. It, it's all right. Ooh. Cool for you. I'm I, I'm proud of you, man. It's an accomplishment for you. I, I'm proud. Oh, easy now. That's it. We're getting onto my list here. I'm getting antsy. I'm nervous. This was the big hard- upsets, baby. This was the hardest list I think I've done. In, I don't think in a long time. Way. I don't think we explained why we're doing this backwards. Um, we weren't supposed to fucking go off like we did. Um, we're doing our hypothetical after the list this week. Reason being is because to this week, uh, Tyler will be counting down the top seven biggest upsets in, in wrestling history. I want the hypothetical to be what I want to pick a couple of those matches and say, what would happen if that upset didn't happen? However, if we did that before, it would probably ruin Tyler's list. Yes. So well, we're going to do this list. And I'll then move, we're gonna go I'll move through board. the list pretty quick because I'm excited for that yeah. hypothetical. Me too. Uh, well, Me let's too. get right into it then. My number seven, I went back and forth between two matches on this for four days. Uh, yeah. Right up until I, we I'm went off air. I, I know what your two choices are. I, I even asked no your opinion and you I never do yet. that. I have no idea what you picked. I'm excited to hear what you finally landed on. <sighs> I'm sticking with my gut and I'm going oh. I'm going to June 2nd, 1987. The Honky Tonk Man upsets Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for the Intercontinental Championship. This is an upset. <laughs> <laughs> the, I'll, I'll tell everybody what the other option was going to be. It would have been uh, Rugged Ronnie Garvin upsetting Ric Flair for the World Heavyweight Championship in Detroit, Michigan. Um which I was asked, my number seven, yeah. Yeah, and I, I really went back and forth. And and for me, here was my deciding factor. Uh, Ron Garvin was more over at this time than the Honky Tonk Band. This is before Honky really got over as a top heel. Honky was a lower... What, what, mid- year, what year are we talking here? This is 87. This is okay. this is three months after WrestleMania 3. So if you look mm-hmm. at where Honky was at WrestleMania 3, he was... Um, just turned heel, just fighting Jake the Snake Roberts in a throwaway match with a small build to it um, leading up to it. Honky was like a low-end mid-card heel at this point. He wasn't that top heel spot yet. And he's going up against Ricky Steamboat, who's coming off one of the greatest wrestling matches in the history of professional wrestling, ending Randy Savage's almost two-year reign as the Intercontinental Champion. Everybody thinks that Steamboat's poised to go off and have this long run. You know, you take a look at the history of that title. Tito Santana, Greg Valentine, Don Morocco, Pedro Morales, they all had long runs with this belt. And three months later, if that, Honky Tonk Man, this, you know, nobody, not nobody, but nobody, you know what I mean? beats Ricky Steamboat for the workers' title. That's the thing, too. This was the wrestler's title. And Honky was a gimmick. And all of a sudden, Honky I, 
I'm going to give that to you, man. Um, I think that's where you're going to sell this to me. I never thought of it like that. Um, from the late 80s until the late 90s, maybe early 2000s, that was the workhorse title. That was known as the... That was the title that kept people in those fucking seats and then until you got to see Hogan pose, right? That's, that's Hogan what must that pose. Title, yeah, that's what that fucking ho- title was there for. Um, that was the wrestler's title. Then they put that fucking title on a gimmick. Honky can't wrestle. Honky never could wrestle. Honky's one of the worst wrestlers of that fucking era. But Honky's one of the greatest characters of that era. It turned him into one of the biggest heels in the company. Because every fucking week, you wanted to see him lose that title. Uh And for for a year and a half, you didn't. And he is still the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. And that's dating back to 1987. I don't know, man. Sold me on this, man. Like, like here was my main turning point on it. Ron Garvin at the time he had won championships in the NWA. I think he was the USA Tag Team Champion. He was a successful mid Carter with Jimmy Garvin at the time. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like Garvin was a nobody. He was well respected at this time. So for him to beat Flair, yeah, you'd never think Ron Garvin would win your world title. Not against Flair. Well, not against anybody. It's it's it, no no that I don't I I, I call I kind of call bullshit on that. I look at I look at Garvin in that era and be like he could be a champion, but he's not going to be Flair. He's but not. Do you look at Dustin. Do you look at Honky in that era and think he could be a champion before he won the belt? Probably not. No. That's that's it. Then I rest no. my case. That's I, I'm, I'm I sticking say, my number I, seven. I I could say you know you put him with another gimmick and maybe he's a tag champ. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But, yeah. But yeah, I'm 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 sticking with the guns. It, I think us, you might have told me on this. Not leave us comments, uh, guys. I'd like to know how, your thoughts. How many how many months how many months did Garvin hold that title for? Maybe four. Yeah, not a lot. It was just a quick little. Yeah. They just were trying to build up a pay per view, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, it did not draw well. However, the let's, match was let's awesome. Credit, let's give I credit pushed... we're trying to do on two things. The match was awesome, and it was a fucking upset. Huge upset. Let's give it. Absolutely. I mean, I I fought to put on the list. Number six, another huge upset. We're going back to April of 2004. Sheldon Benjamin defeating Triple H. Okay. I love you for this. This, I forgot about. And it fucked my... I gave up. Once you you mentioned this to me a couple days ago, and I looked at my list. I said, "No, nah, I'm done. Thank <laughs> God. Thank God. It's not my list this week. It's I'm on no pressure to have this in any certain order." Because you know that, whose fault? That... You know whose oh, fault? Man. All of our stresses this week. Fucking Van Landon. The guy had to go on Jonah's show. Relive, rewind, recap, whatever the fuck. However you pronounce it, Jonah. I think you got that right. Did I? I think. Jonah was so. giving me shit about that tonight that I never get a show right. Not shit, we were busting my <laughs> balls, right? Van Landon had to go on that show. Right. He had to go on Jonah's show, our friend, with Barry Horwitz and inspire me to do the greatest upsets of all time when I was helping them prep for the show. The fact that Van Landon went on that show before he did our show, I don't know. I don't know if he's really a friend. Van Landon, if he had one nickel for every counted out championship that he would won, he would have zero <laughs> nickels. You guys will know more about that soon. Teaser, teaser. Uh, and Van Landon will be coming on our show very soon. 
very soon. Probably uh, before Stephen Moore. <laughs> we love you, Steve. We haven't forgot about next you. week, Steve. Next week might be Dory Funk. No, it won't be Dory Funk. Maybe next week, Steve. Actually, stay tuned. I fuck. We thought Steve. We thought Steve was the new Howard Finkel. Fucking <laughs> or not Howard Finkel. Fucking Matt Damon. I think. I think Dory might be the next Matt Damon. We'll find out. Um, yeah. Triple H versus Charlotte Benjamin. This match, obviously. Um, can you can you explain to me why this is your number six? Because I think this is massive. I think um, I think this is like to me personally. I think this is like a four. Yeah. So explain to me why this is number six. I mean, Sheldon Benjamin was already having a pretty good run by this point. He was kind of tapering off a little bit at, at this point because the world's greatest tag team was kind of floundering. They were done with the angle. Mm-hmm. But, but Sheldon had been in a main event push already by this point. Uh, had as- he had that match against Shawn Michaels yet? No, no. That oh, match okay. would never have happened without this match. Because that, um, that match put that motherfucker on the map. This match is what put him as on the a, map. As a single as a singles people I don't know if people remember this match the way they remember the Michaels match. Do they remember the match or do they remember the spot? They they remember the spot hundred percent. And just spot, like they were they, they were well, the most people remember this upset. Not you apparently this week. <laughs> uh, fuck man, it just it left my brain. I totally forgot about this. This was my original number two, and I just kept moving it up and up as I, I did more. I research. don't blame you. I, I I want to know why it's your number six. I just think that the other upsets on my list had a more long-term effect that was more of a shock value. Um this was and, a, and this was a saying, shot. By you saying that, by you saying that, leads me to believe that I have no idea what the fuck's on your list. Yeah, there's some crazy <laughs> shit. I got I got some really good deep cuts. But yeah, I don't know. I like you know, Hunter did a great job putting Sheldon over, and oh, Sheldon got a great run out of it. Wait, wait, you mean you mean King Shovel? You mean the guy who buries everybody? You mean the guy who only cares about himself? That Triple H? Yeah, the this, guy? this was Are after sure? Barry. Yeah, Barry, Barry, Barry and Triple H was like 2001. <laughs> that, it's a that's... fucking year. It's like a, he, yes, he buried Scott Steiner. Mm. RBD, RBD, Kane, Bubba Ray Dudley, Booker T. He he heard a lot of people that year. He heard a lot of people. Jericho. None of them. None of those names you just mentioned suffered that big. They were they were never gonna be the man. And there was potential for a couple of those guys. You you're telling me right so Scott Steiner was gonna be the fucking the face of WWE? No, but I don't think Triple H buried Scott Steiner. I think I Scott Steiner buried him. I, I think it, Scott it, Steiner it, buried himself by not being able to work I a 20 love, minute I, match. I love that you said that. I love you so much for saying that. And I look forward to the hate mail from my buddy Matt Sukram. Um, Listen, Matt, Steiner, uh, Steiner didn't uh, bring it. Send it straight to me. Now, now I think that program was booked terribly, and they should never have been booked to go twenty minutes twice. No, but you got to be able to go twenty minutes to be a main eventer in any company. If you're going to go twenty minutes in a match against Scott Center, what percent of chance? What percent of chance do you have of winning if it's at Bound for Glory? You have a zero percent chance of winning anything and going twenty minutes with Scott Steiner, <laughs> other than maybe a potato to the face and a boring ass match. <laughs> But that's a different story. I do love me some Scott Steiner, but not 20 minutes. That's a whole different story for a different show. Um, but yeah, Triple H, you know, he made Sheldon look great. Sheldon had a great run after this. He went on to become an IC champion multiple times, United States champion. Um, you know, he never got to that big time, though. You know, but 
this so this this to me give a shout out to, to Sheldon. Oh, we had a little lag. That's okay. I'm yeah, gonna keep, I'm sorry. I'm gonna, you, I'm gonna keep, keep talking, it. and then you give your shout out because we couldn't hear what you said. Um, you know, this to me though, like Triple H was such a big star at this point, and for him to put over Sheldon the way that he put him over, I don't oh. think it had that shock value. Maybe that like um, the the Ron Garvin or the Honky Tonk Man had, but the fact that Sheldon got a clean win over Triple H is still a huge upset. I couldn't agree with you more. My quick shout-out was just to Shelton Benjamin. I think the gold standard is one of the most underrated gimmicks ever. I fucking loved him in that in that heel gimmick. Let's all um, right, buddy. All right, you got me. You, you got me. You got me. What's your number five? Number five, I'm taking us back to the year 2009 at the TLC pay-per-view. Sheamus defeating John Cena for the World Heavyweight Championship. All right. I know you. I see you're not I, sold on this yet. I, I, I'm not, and I don't think I'm going to be. Um, I considered it. It was a hard honorable mention, but I think there are so many matches that I have written down that deserve to be on the list more than this. Well, sell me, do your best. Well, but I, I, I did don't my. Think you're sell me on this. I did my research on this one because I struggled. I was like, am I going to put this on, or am I not going to put this on? First things first, let's take a look at John Cena in the year 2009. He is by far the face of the WWE. He's been 100%. very well protected. He's not losing a lot. You know what I mean? Unless it's to a guy yeah. like Randy Orton or Triple H. You know what I mean? He's he's not just losing to anybody. This match happened two months after Sheamus debuted on the main roster. Mm-hmm. He was doing some shit in ECW before that. He was a lower mid-card guy feuding with Jamie Noble, who happened to win a battle royal to get a table match against Cena. Nobody thought that Sheamus was going to win the world title at this point in his career against John Cena. Maybe nobody thought that this pasty ginger was ever going to be the world champion. Well, but he he did well, beat Cena for the world yeah. title during probably one of the highest points in John Cena's career. This was a huge upset that shocked a lot of people. Yeah. Does it make you sad to know because... At one point in time, and and this is the point in time, both Triple H and Vince McMahon were extremely high on Sheamus, and they saw nothing but star potential in the man. Does it kind of make you sad to know that that that, that kind of seems to have gone away in the last six years? I think Sheamus Sheamus is getting a huge push even to this day. Sheamus has always got a do, good spot on the card. Do you, do you think he's ever going to get another run? It wouldn't shock me if he did. I don't know if he would like, like he's not going to be the guy to dethrone Roman Reigns. You know what I, I mean? mean? The last time, the last time I gave a shit about him was when he was part of my favorite tag team of that time. And that was the bar. Here's ever, the thing. Since the, ever since the bar went away, I haven't given a fuck about Seamus. Here's the thing with Seamus. Seamus. He's not the guy that's going to be the face of your company. He's not going to be Roman Reigns or John Cena, but he but is. Why? It's but just why? Cause not everybody got- can be. He's got the charisma. He's got the energy. He's got the the, the talent. He can he can main event. He's a lot of people that. have that stuff. He's just not he's not a guy that is 
you know, drawing people. He's, he's not that guy that, that draws John Cena money. He's not John Cena. He can't be. You know well, no, mean? no, but you, you can't compare him to John Cena. Well, yeah, not we're talking every, about being the face of a company. Yeah. He's not a he's not a guy that's right, ever going right, to be the face of the company. But but you you can you can list all the face of the companies, and ninety nine percent of them aren't John Cena. I mean, Fucking Bret, Hart, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels were both the face of the company at one point in time, and guess what? They're neither of them are Bret or John that's, fucking Cena. That's why that's why they're not on my Mount Rushmore of WWE. Right. Yeah, right, Bruno, yeah, yeah, Bruno, yeah, yeah. Hogan, Austin, and Cena. Those are the four. Those are the four faces of the company. And now Roman is the face of the company, or kind of like, but he's not on that level either. You know what I mean? These are special guys. Ro- Sheamus, Ro- Ro- Roman, I'm going to say is is at the point now. I think Roman is rivaling uh, Rock. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I I'm right there I, with that. I, th- I think, Ro- I think Roman is at Ro- is at Rock level. Um, it's gonna take something really big, and I don't see it happening. I, I'd say is that, to that Cena level. I'd say is that like Triple H Rock level. Yeah, because I, I, I put Triple H Rock on the same level. Yeah, me too. So, me too. Because yeah. I don't care what anyone says. The Rock or Triple H were never the face of the company. It was always Austin. No, no, a hundred percent. And they were. And people they, are like, "Oh, the Rock! Like, you don't know what you're talking about." But, Listen, the Rock is one of the best. They were I there. They yeah. were the guys to make Austin look good. Yeah, absolutely. Which is. And, and and Cena had a bunch of those too. Every face the company. So did Hogan. Yeah. Every Macho face Man. The company Macho Man for guys. for Hogan. Randy Ultimate Orton Warrior. for Cena. Ultimate Warrior, yeah. right? These guys and and Sheamus. Here here's my take on Sheamus to finish my point. He might not ever be the face of the company, but he's never going to let you down in whatever spot you put him in. No. He is and, and he doesn't. And even to this day, the of the uh, I haven't watched it yet. But uh, and I, a person that I have a tremendous amount of respect for their opinion is Steve Bourne, and and he's been raving about this five way match that happened on SmackDown, which I'm hoping to check out. And and Sheamus was a part of that. He's gonna fight uh, Gunther or what's his name, uh, Gunther, fucking uh, Walter, whatever his new name Gunther, is. Yeah. Walter. Yeah. He's gonna fight him at that castle match at a castle pay per view. You tell me that's not gonna be the match of the night. Sheamus and Walter, yeah, fucking it, that's definitely it. up there, yeah. All right, so yeah, but, I mean, but don't get me, don't get me wrong, I'm very excited about Drew and Roman. But, oh, yeah, it's gonna be great. But I, yeah. I, to me, I'm more excited about Sheamus and Walter. But you know, you go back to 2009, Sheamus. How the fuck does Steve Bourne have this kind of time on his hands? Does he have kids? I don't think so. I don't know. I think I might be his kid. Steve, <laughs> take care of me. My no, cousin... no, you're Will... you're Wilson's kid. <laughs> <laughs> Wilson and I might I've be heard... twins. I've heard you call Wilson daddy. <laughs> you told me I wasn't yeah. allowed to call you daddy in public anymore. No, so you're not. different story. All but right, yeah, buddy. Seamus, let's... big upset here. Let's let, 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 let's uh, upset this down to your number four. I think you're going to be upset at the placement on this one. Uh, we're going to WrestleMania 10. Owen Hart upsetting Bret Hart. All right, no, I can't be upset with you because this is the hardest one to place. Yes, this, this is the one that one threw me for a loop because I didn't have it on originally, and I was like thinking about it. I'm like, fuck, this is a huge upset. Holy fuck! You know what, brother? This is my number four. I just looked at my list. I'm with you. Look this at us go. Look at yeah. us go. The credibility twins are in full effect today. <laughs> no, this is also my number four. This was really hard. I didn't even consider this until you you mentioned it to me about a week ago. Mm-hmm. And I said, fuck, of course. The reason I didn't think about it, though, is because I've never thought of Owen Hart as an underdog. Yeah, well, Owen let's Hart, go back. Me, 
Owen Hart is one of my favorite wrestlers in the history of professional, like of my entire fandom. You know, to me, it goes fucking Rowdy Roddy Piper, Owen Hart, Steve Austin. Yeah. That's the way it's always been. That's the way it's always going to be. So the fact that he's that high on my list, I never thought of him like if he beats somebody, that's not an upset. I didn't even consider this. Well, let's take you back to 1993 when Owen Hart was wearing parachute pants teaming up with Coco Beware. Exactly. And by the end of 93, he's in a feud with Brett. And in the beginning of 94, Brett Hart, former world champion, coming off the Royal Rumble win. The whole storyline is I've been in your shadow the whole time. Nobody expected Owen Hart to beat Brett. Brett was fighting for the world title later in the night. It was an easy guess that Brett's going to come out. He's going to bury his brother in less than 10 minutes. And then go on make to win the belt. Look, make, make himself look really good going into the title match and then beat Yokozuna. That, it was like, it writes itself. But that's not what fucking happened. Uh-huh. He went on to have one of the greatest matches in the history of WrestleMania. I would say wrestling, with. by the way, not just WrestleMania. I'm with you there. One of my personal, at least North America, ever. Yeah, one of my favorite, one of my personal favorite matches. One of the greatest stories ever told between four ropes. Yeah, you know what I mean. Listen, Um, I'm going to cut you off here, though, Mike. And here's my reason why. I feel like we've talked about this match almost every week on this show. There's nothing more. There's nothing more to say about it. And I know we've been babbling on a lot today. And I I really want to get to your hypothetical. Obviously. You know, everybody knows this match. Everybody knows it's a big upset. We can sit here and rehash it for the 150th time, or <laughs> or I can give you my oh, number three, which is a great deep I think. I'm so scared for your top three because I'm looking at my list. You're missing a bunch of shit. I guarantee you. You're you're talking about decod, so you're you're probably gonna bring up something that I'm not even thinking. I don't of. I don't even I'm think my number scared. three will be on your list. I don't know if I'm more scared or mad because that means you're leaving off some really important shit. And I am. Um, And I might have to change my background again. (laughs) My number three, I'm taking us back to February 12th of 2002. Sorry, 2012. February 12th, 2012. New Japan Pro Wrestling's New Beginnings event. Okada upsetting Tanahashi for the New Japan Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. Now, wait wait before you give me your nope, disapproval. Nope. I, I'm not disapproving. I wasn't watching New Japan in 2012. Okay. So, so... Th- you're going to carry, you're gonna have to fucking carry this. I didn't get back into New Japan until, I'm going to say, 2016. Okay. So this is all on you, man. Let me – let me. I actually took notes on this one. So um, let's, let's go back a month before this to the Tokyo Dome, January 4th. Okada has his first match back in Japan after a 20-month tour of America where he had such barn-burning runs in Impact Wrestling as Kato or whatever the hell his yeah. name was, right? Yeah, yeah. O- Okada was not lighting the world on fire at all by this point. Uh, his return to New Japan at the Tokyo Dome was the debut of the Rainmaker character. He fought um, Yoshihashi on the fourth match of the card in a four-minute match. Okada was a nobody in this point. You know what I mean? He was a young boy who has gone away. 
He, he is not established. He is not anything. Fast forward to the main event of the Tokyo Dome that night. Tanahashi defeats Sasaki in the Suzuki in the main event. And then who comes out and challenges him? But Okada. <laughs> like that that would be the equivalent of like um Austin Theory being called up from NXT before anyone knew who he was, before he had the selfie gimmick, and just walking out and being like, Hey Roman Reigns, I'm gonna fight you now. Okada had been the champion for just under three, uh, just under 400 days by this point. It was right. so ridiculous that when he challenged him in the ring, the fans <laughs> actually laughed. And then fast forward one month later, February 12th, and Okada beats Tanahashi in what New Japan calls the upset of the century, ending his 404 day reign as the champion. It was a record title run by this point and Okada is a megastar after it I have I don't have a lot to say because like I said I'm not I'm not watching um, New Japan at this point in time I don't think I've seen this match all I can do is base things on I know a lot about Okada of the last you know since 2016 I also know a lot about Tanahashi since 2016. And to me, in my brain, Okada over Tanahashi is not even close to a fucking upset. But you at know this what I mean? point, this but, is but I wasn't watching in 2012. Yeah. O- Okada, I, Okada I was a nobody picture, at this point. I can't picture Tanahashi being ever being that over Okada. Because to me, Okada. Almost anybody beating him at this point is an upset. Yeah. Tanahashi, Okada, so at this Okada point... Okada is, in 2022, Okada is the Hulk Hogan in New Japan. And at, at this point, Tanahashi is Hulk Hogan and John was Cena mixed together. Though, yes. Oh, my God. Yes, really? yes, Mike. Tana, Tanahashi... I'm not, was, I'm, not, I'm not calling you out, but I, I'm just... I find that so hard to believe. Tanahashi was the face of New Japan Pro Wrestling. He was the guy carrying it through the dark ages, bringing it back up into the golden thing that we got to know about it. And this this is the equivalent okay. of, of of a young boy beating fucking Mike Tyson. This is this is Buster Douglas beating yeah. Mike Tyson. You know what I mean? Like this is a massive All upset. Right. I actually gave this consideration I'm for my not... number one. Wow. This I'm is not this is shit huge on you because I don't know. I'm not going to shit on you because I don't know enough. But here's all I'm going to say. I'm looking at my top seven. You just did your top five. You still have two more to go. Mm-hmm. Of my top seven, there's six matches you haven't mentioned. Yeah, I six. could make I could make a whole six other fucking matches, Mike. So I, I honestly, I'm just, I'm just, I could make a, a whole little... other top seven list and and yeah. not have any of these matches on it, I and it would still be acceptable. So, I am so thrown off right now. I'm not gonna say this match doesn't belong in your list because I, 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 you, you have know, no idea how big Tanahashi was and I, how little Okada my, was at this point. I'm gonna do my research and I'm gonna watch this match in a few weeks. I will send I you a link. Okay, I have a link for you to watch. We we might revisit this in a few weeks. All um, right. How about so this can, then? So I can give uh, you my opinion. How about I scratch but, off one that I know is on your list for my number two? How about that? I, I would hope your number one and your number two are on my list, but right. that doesn't two? excuse the other four. Well, we'll Ooh. talk about it. Number two. All right. 
We're yeah. going to May of 1993, the one, two, three kid upsetting Razor Ramon. This was my original my, number one. This is my number three. Okay. This is my original number one. Because to me, this is everything that an upset in wrestling should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the build for the one, two, three kid in the weeks leading up to this was uh, squash against Mr. Huge, squash against Doink the Clown. I think he got squashed one more time, oh. and then he beat Razor Ramon. And it was awesome. And this is how you make a star. Yeah, this is how you make a star, man. Um, you know, this match is what made Sean Waltman a two-time Hall of Famer. Because without this match, Sean Waltman thank, is, thank is just another... Listen... Th- and that's not a knock on Sean Waltman. No, it's not. Um, you know, people, people, people laugh and shit on Sean Waltman for being a two-time Hall of Famer because he's never gone in as a solo. But... Guess what? He's still a two-time Hall of Famer. And, and guess what? He could be a three-time Hall of Famer because I would never have a problem if anyone put him if in solo. They told, if they told me that they were going to put him in the one, two, three kid it's a fucking Hall of Famer, I'd be saying, where do I, where do I buy my ticket? And then if they told me Sean the next Walton, year that they were going to put X-Pac in and make him a four-time Hall of Famer, I still wouldn't have a problem with that. If they wanted to put six in and then again, the com- and then and then and then the kamikaze kid, yeah, no, yeah, fuck six. Maybe. Six doesn't six, six doesn't can't win. six can't make it, and then neither can the kamikaze kid. But uh, if you want to make Sean Waltman a four time Hall of well, Famer, well, I'm all for it. Well, then then maybe the one two three kid. I don't know if he goes in because it was the kid. This was his third name in three weeks. He was the kamikaze yeah. kid. He was the lightning yeah. kid, and then he was the kid. And then he was he was just the kid, and after he beat Razor Ramon. He was the one, two, one of the three biggest kid. stars in the company, and we've talked about this multiple times on this show. In this year, Razor, nobody was bigger than Razor Ramon. He was one of the top heels in the company at this point. He was, he was, he was bigger than the champion. Mm. He was a bigger draw than the champion. Yeah, Hogan was the champ at this point. Okay. Razor, well, Razor was uh, one of the most uh, over guys. The following year, he was the he was bigger than the champion. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Um, what I love about this too is um, after this match was on tape, and and Waltman went and did a tour of Japan, knowing that he beat Razor, and he had to kayfabe everybody about it because he didn't want anybody to know because it was like the break yeah. of his career. But yeah, this is the definition of an upset in professional wrestling, the second greatest in my opinion. So, I gotta tell you, man, I think our number one's match. They have to, but maybe. Oh fuck! I'm so upset. My but then that means my number two is not on your list, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Either my number one is your number one, or my number two is your number one. It can't be anything other than my number one or my number two. But either way, you're forgetting something huge, and I'm a little upset. Well, so, we'll talk about it. Well, rip the bandaid off. Let's do it. I'm Taking us. Taking us to January the 18th of 1971. We have Ivan Koloff upsetting yeah. Bruno Sammartino for the WWF my- World Heavyweight Championship. This is my number two. Um, the best way that I can describe this to a modern day fan, let, let me just say Bruno was in the 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 he was on a seven-year run as the world heavyweight champion. Take that in for a second. Seven years, mm-hmm. over over 2,000 days as the champion. 
This would yeah. be the equivalent to the modern day of like Roman Reigns losing the world title to like Jinder Mahal or Baron Corbin. I think that's about where you'd put uh, was Ivan Koloff. Koloff. Really in, was is that where where, where Koloff was really? Koloff was a upper echelon heel. He was like where Baron Corbin is yeah, on the card, but- or like Sheamus. You know what I mean? All right. He wasn't, you know. But he, he wasn't. But he wasn't. Not but, he wasn't but, he, but, but he wasn't Drew McIntyre. He wasn't Drew McIntyre. However, the company was different at the point where it was a rotating door of heels that would come in every few months. It was like how it impacts us now, right? Well, and what they did through the 80s with Hogan. They would just feed people to Ivan. Or to to, to Bruno. Yeah, but then they would be out of the company, right? They fed fed people to Bruno. Yeah, basically basically what would happen is they would bring in a heel they would feed him some job guys for a little bit. Then they would give him a guy like Chief J Strongbow, and then they would give him the chip. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, and but Ivan Koloff was the last guy that you'd think was going to beat Bruno. Um, if you no. want to hear more about this, no, 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 that, that I want give me the segue. All right. <laughs> well, if you would like to know what happened, really happened that night from someone who was there that night, our Uncle Bill was there, baby. Uncle Bill go after. back in the archives. Go back in the archives. Check out our interview. I actually, after. and if you don't want to watch, if you don't want to watch the whole interview, go on our YouTube page under our playlist under Counted Out Shorts. I have this exact match clipped, the the footage from the match with Bill talking about it. Stunned silence in the arena. People couldn't believe it. You said you. He said he thought there was something wrong with his hearing because it was so yeah. quiet because nobody could believe. Nobody could believe it. Kind now, of like my number one. I now I I know exactly what you're gonna say, and I have the perfect argument for okay. it. Okay, I and and I'm ready for this because I'm not upset that it's not your number one. I'm upset that it's not on your list. And I'll so tell you, you why. Really tell the people what you fuck, think. You have some fucking work to do here, man. Yes. My number my number one of obviously is Brock beating Taker, okay. and the fact that at WrestleMania, that right? You, at WrestleMania, obviously. Yes. Um, yeah, because it's not the upset wasn't him beating Taker. He's beaten Taker. That's because it's not, not him. That's because this match it, isn't an upset. This match is a fucking upset, and you yeah. and then I here here's my problem. It's a shocking moment. Under, it's not an I upset. Don't un, I don't understand how you can say this is not upset when you have personally talking about this match as being one of the most important and most shocking moments in history. Yes. That's shocking. But that's what an upset, but that's what an upset is. An upset is when an underdog beats a competitor and shocks people at wrestle at WrestleMania. Anybody facing the undertaker is a, is an underdog. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is never an underdog to anybody. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar has, Brock Lesnar has beaten The Undertaker multiple times before. So when Brock Lesnar beats him again, hold on, hold on. When Brock Lesnar, when Brock Lesnar beats The Undertaker again for the 10th time, it's not an upset. It's a shock. It's a shock that it happened at WrestleMania. And it is, if we were doing a list of the most shocking moments in wrestling history, this would be my number one with a bullet. However, Brock Lesnar beating The Undertaker is not an upset. That is my justification for not even having this right. as an honorable mention. I'm gonna give it to you. I don't agree with you. Fair. I, I, That's I'm, fair. I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna put that flat out. I don't agree with you. I think our definition of upset is different from each other. 
Um, yeah, like to to me, I, an upset is is the honk they chomp got man beating the exact, They got the exact same reaction that Koloff got from beating uh, uh, Bruno. The exact yeah, but for same but for for totally different reasons. No. Yes. It was a guy. This is an upset because it's a guy that they weren't expecting to win, and he won in a in. in Okay, maybe it wasn't for the fucking title, but it was for an it was for a title. It was but for that fucking it was the reaction. The, the reaction was, point, was the at shock. At this point in time, at this point in time, the streak is just as, if not more important, than the WWE World Championship. The streak was the biggest draw in WrestleMania history, as far as I'm concerned. And I don't think anybody expected it to end at this point. Nobody, nobody expected not only Brock. Anybody who beats Taker for that that ti- that that title is going to be an upset. Anybody was anybody. I, I don't know, man. I don't think that Brock beating him is an upset. I think it's a shocking moment because Brock had like Brock this, had beaten like Taker. Said, before. I'm not mad that it's not your number one. I'm mad that it's not on your list. I think it deserves to be on your list. If it was a I list think, of, I, I, I think it's. I, I, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say some harsh words here, man. I think it's disrespectful for it not to be on your list. Hey, you know what? Let's leave it to a vote to our people listening. Is this an upset or is this a shocking moment? Because to me, it's not an upset if the guy's been beaten and I don't, I, multiple and, and times. I think, and, and by saying that, I think you're splitting hairs. How? I think upsets are because I think upsets are shocking moments. There are shock elements to upsets, yes. That's but in this, in this situation... Brock Lesnar beating The Undertaker isn't an upset. It's shocking that The Undertaker lost at WrestleMania because Brock had beaten The Undertaker at, at least seven, best, seven times best, on TV by this point. But the best of the best of the best of the best, the best people in professional wrestling have tried to, to, to beat him at WrestleMania and failed. I Shawn would say, Michaels couldn't do it. Triple H couldn't do it. But Shawn Ed Michaels has beaten The Andy Undertaker Orton before. Do it. doesn't matter. Yeah, and so was Brock Lesnar. All these guys who couldn't... I would say it's more of an upset. This is what I'm talking about. The fact that it happened at WrestleMania. I would say it's more of an upset that Brock beat Taker in Hell in a Cell in 2002 than him beating him at WrestleMania in 2000-whatever. I think that's kind of bold. I'm not going to argue, but I think it's bold. That's the upset. He'd never beaten Taker at that point. He was in Taker's match. Taker was the veteran. At this point, they're they're both seasoned. Yeah. You know, I, just, that's my take. This wasn't an upset to me. The, the, if you told me Brock Lesnar beats The Undertaker, I'm like, yeah, okay, he's done it six times before on pay-per-view. He beat him in a yeah. biker chain match, Mike. Way more devastating than a WrestleMania match. I hate you so much. Sometimes. Biker chain. I I can see that I'm not going to win this argument. I'm not even going to like come anywhere to it. So... You put up the Tyler has no credibility backdrop all you want. I want I want to I want to hear comments on this one. I'm going to send polls I, out. I want to ask people about this. Is this an upset or is this a shocking moment? Because they are drastically different things. Barry Horowitz beating to, Skip is an upset. I want to really I really 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 want to get to our uh, to our hypothetical so we uh, and then wrap it up. Um, but before we get to, I, I do want to mention a few matches that I, I truly believe that you left off. Yeah, I want to hear it because I probably have them in my honorables. Yeah, obviously I, you couldn't not. Um, the the most glaring 
of mission. I think you left, and I think it should have been in your number five through seven spot, five, six, or seven. Um, was Santino over Umaga? I put consideration into it. Um, I think I, that's massive, man. I just I just looked at the other matches on those points. Sheamus beating Cena, Triple H and Sheldon, and Honky Steamboat or Flair Garvin, and I just thought they were bigger moments than Santino. Um, okay, I, I just think it's one of the best moments that television show has I, ever I seen. I agree. I love that moment as yeah. well. I, I just think the other upsets were bigger. Yeah. I got Sheik over Backlund. I don't know enough about why didn't this why didn't this make your list? I don't know enough about Backlund's title run and what the Sheik was doing at this point to classify if this was an upset or not. I just didn't I mean back I mean Backlund had that belt for like fucking I know I think it was two or three years he had it, maybe four years. years. Yeah. yeah. I just don't I mean, know where the Sheik was, was at this point. He, he wasn't putting up Bruno numbers, but he was. No, it's not bad it. though. I just, I just yeah, yeah I, I don't know enough about where Sheik was at this time period because I was a little too young. So that was my justification behind it. And the last one I have, I'm not going to lie, I'm very surprised because I know you love this era of wrestling. The fact that Tommy Rich over Harley Race isn't on your list makes me very, very surprised. Yeah. Um, he only held the belt for like four days. And I just don't think that it like got publicized enough at the time. See, you know what I mean? And I just, and that, again, wasn't, and that wasn't criteria for me. I didn't care yeah, what happened after the match. I to just, me, it was the moments. Yeah. I, I think that the other ones were more shocking to me as well. Now, Tommy Rich beating Harley race was in consideration for my number seven spot as well. Big time. It, it was, yeah. it was in consideration for my number seven spot. Um, and again, I, I wasn't watching a lot of this time period, so that could be my ignorance as well. But uh, I just thought Garvin and Flair and, and Honky and, were you, and Steamboat were, you were a little bigger. This time period? I know I was not. Um, <laughs> I really wanted to put Barry Horowitz and Skip on. I just couldn't. Ray Mysterio, yeah. Ray Mysterio beating Kevin Nash Listen, uh, was a consideration. Can I really quickly justify not putting Barry and Skip on? Yeah, just whatever, right? Mid cards. Listen, I, I love me some. I love me some Chris Candino. I do. Chris Candino is a phenomenal wrestler. Was Skip of the Body Donnas a huge star though? No, but at this no. time period, the squash no. matches were the norm. You know what I mean? It it's the same thing. So to me, it wasn't an upset that he beat Skip. It was an upset that he won a match. Yeah, because he exactly. was a jobber. Barry was a jobber. Barry Barry went in. He did the job. He lost. He got paid. He left. That's yeah. what Barry Horowitz did. It wasn't he was an enhancement fucking... talent. <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, it Barry wasn't will get very angry with you. Oh fuck! I haven't watched that interview yet. Um, it wasn't a upset that he beat Skip. It was an upset that he won a match, and that's a big fucking difference to me. That's yeah. why I didn't make my list. Um, Ray Mysterio beating Kevin Nash in WCW. I had that. Yeah, that that was hovering for me. Um, Kevin Owens beating John Cena was a little bit of an upset. Not mm. huge. Not bad. Um, no, that's a great call. I didn't even consider that one. I like that. Eddie Guerrero beating Brock Lesnar for the world title was a bit of an upset. Yeah. Uh, Hurricane beating Rock. I didn't put that on because I just thought all the attention was on Austin and I'm not Hurricane. I, I, I'm glad you brought it up. Just think it had to be brought up, but I agree with you. That's why it wasn't on my list. Uh, Rico versus Ric Flair 
nobody gave a fuck. I don't, that... I don't remember that. Uh, um, this this if, one if, actually, if this about... one almost made my number seven. And it was uh, Mikey Whipwreck beating Steve Austin in the Sandman. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Triple yeah. threat yeah, match. Yeah, exactly. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I, forgot, we talked I forgot about... Steve Austin was in there. We talked about um, Flair Garvin. We talked about Rich Race. Uh, uh, Vader. I got, I, I got one. Okay, go ahead. Vader squashing Antonio Inoki in his New Japan debut and causing a riot was almost okay. on there. Um, yep. Jinder Mahal beating Randy Orton. In the same breath of you uh, talking about why the Hurricane Rock thing didn't work for you, because it was Steve Austin who won the match, uh, that's the same reason why Maven and Taker couldn't make yeah. my list yeah maven and taker you know um ron uh, you know, how about this one ron simmons beating vader for the world title that was a pretty big upset and uh steve Bourne gave me this one which i thought was good kelly kelly upsetting beth phoenix for the divas championship i thought was a fun little right. one but yeah that's uh that's my list that's my honorable mentions uh i don't want to go on too too much longer because this is going no, marathon we went time. Far, we went way harder than I thought we would. Um, but you want to pick a couple of these and play your what if game? A couple out, man. Yeah, and they let's can be honorable mentions too. One hundred percent. Let's. It's gonna have to. Um, let's start with the most obvious. Let's go, Brett Owen. I if don't. Brett think... beats Owen at WrestleMania ten. What happens to Owen? I don't think Owen sticks around the company much longer because where do you go with mm-hmm. him after that? You know, I, I, I think exactly. he, I think he's turns into like Owen, what, what Owen, Rick Martel would turn into. Owen based his character. Like he went from the rocket to being like what the King of hearts. Like, he, he based the, he based the King of hearts character off of being better than Brad Hart. And like, that's what he was up until 1997. You know, that was me, his character for years. So let me ask I, you I one then. It. Let me ask you one then, because you were yeah. you're very big on this one. I want to go back with Brock and Taker. What happens mm-hmm. if Brock doesn't beat Taker at WrestleMania? Doesn't make a difference. Exactly. Gives a shit. Doesn't Taker doesn't would lose the Roman. Taker would lose but, the Roman and, and Brock would still go on to be the most dominant guy going, right? My, my 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 point was that anybody losing to take at WrestleMania to me was an upset. That's I get it. That's all that was. I yeah. get it. Um all right, well that's yours. Uh mine, let's go to Santino and Umaga. Does Santino if Santino doesn't start his career like that, does anybody give a fuck about Santino Morella in the year? I mean Santino like he won anybody who didn't watch this. I, I just want to go back because we do have some younger listeners. If you don't know what the fuck we're talking about, Anthony Corelli is a Canadian Italian wrestler from Mississauga, Ontario. And where were they in Toronto that night? Oh no, they're in Italy. Yeah, they were, in they were Italy. fucking in Italy. They were in Italy. And um and, and Tony had been working um what is it, OBW or FCW? OVW, 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 yeah, yeah. He was working OVW, which was the developmental program back then. Uh, and they said, "Okay, we're going to bring in the main roster, and here's how we're going to do it." And Umaga was massive at this time. Umaga was a big star. Umaga was the Intercontinental Championship you know, champion, and he had, in my mind, the greatest manager of the modern era in. Fuck it. Let's see if I can remember his name properly. 
Alejandro. Armando. Armando Alejandro Estrada. Fucking love this guy. Um, and, and Vince and, was out there too with him. Oh, I got Newly sure. bald and, Vince McMahon. And they basically made this uh, the, the, this challenge saying anybody in the crowd could come out and face the champion. And here comes this guy, this 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 just random dude from the ground, Santino Marella. For those who don't know, that was a big nod to um, to, to to Gorilla Monsoon, yep. whose real name was uh, was uh, uh, Gino Marella. Yeah. His nickname was Gino. So Gino Santino Marella. Um, so he comes out and he faces Umaga and he fucking wins. He fucking wins. With and help, then he goes big on. time help from Bobby Lashley. Of course. But he still wins. And he's the Intercontinental Champion. And he goes on to a very successful career. Very successful. Career. However, now here's where we play devil's advocate a little bit. His run as the IC Champion flopped. Was, yes, 100%. But, but his run he, in the WWE was yes, fantastic. He he did go on uh, to on you know as after he dropped the title, he evolved that Santino character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think if he would have came through, in, through several evolutions, yes. But I, I you know if yeah. they would if they would bring him in with a Santino like character, he probably would have still got over. However, I don't. I think that the name and the evolution, I don't think without this moment he gets there. I, I don't think without this moment he gets there. Not to that, not to that no, character. No, and, and that's why I'm saying that this upset is so important to his win. Mm-hmm. He comes in the Milan miracle. That yeah. was such a great fucking nickname. It was he didn't hang on to it very long, but it's a great nickname for him in the beginning of his career. Let's do let's do one more. I got one more. You want to do one more? Let's do uh, Triple H and Sheldon Benjamin. I think this is an interesting one. I'd like to think Shelton goes on to con- still be a great star because Shelton Shelton is one of my favorite in-ring superstars who never got the success that he deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about? I mean, I don't know. He's know, had a pretty successful career. Yes, he has. He never got to that that plateau that I always want him to get to. There is a small list of guys that I have that I think should have been pushed harder and higher than they ever were. Um, and my top two guys on that list are Shelton Benjamin and and uh, Stevie Richards. Okay, so those are the two guys. That I'm like WWE never fucking did right by them. Is that to say that Shelton Benjamin didn't have a successful career? Shelton Benjamin had an amazing career. And if we were to talk to Shelton right now, I guarantee Shelton would be like, I love my career. Yeah. But in my mind, he could have been world champion. He could have been. He should have been. I don't know That's if I see me. it. I don't know if I see as it. As a personally. fan. It's just me as a fan. Yeah, yeah fair. I, me seeing him win the Royal Rumble and then going in as the underdog to WrestleMania, to me, I think that's a fucking great story. I would have, I would have much rather have seen him win a Money in the Bank and and have a short run cashing in personally because, if they were to give him a run. Because of his talent, I say no matter what, he's going to be a star. 
Is he gonna is this he gonna be an IC champ? Is he gonna be... H, I think so. I I'm not saying this match didn't help him, but I'm saying it happens anyways. That's that's okay. that's my take. Okay. Well, guys, uh, I think we've uh, covered pretty much everything. You got any more? You got anything else you want to talk about? Nah, man, we could do this forever, forever, forever. forever. I mean, we, we probably forgot a bunch of upsets that uh, I'm sure Rob will text us about. I want to know. I want to hear your guys' feedback. Leave us some comments uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or leave it on our Instagram. What do you think? We, and I, I, I specifically want to know about Taker and Brock. I, I'm really interested to hear we what lost. everybody thinks about that. We missed a bunch of upsets, actually. Yeah. Every time my boy Young Jay Lee loses a match, that's an upset. (laughs) Got to shout out Young Jay Lee, baby. Yeah, he's the best. All right, man. Well, I got nothing more to go with. It is 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm still at work. I still have to edit this and post it tomorrow. My God. Hours of work to do here. You'll be done done that before I'm even home. No, it takes four hours to save the video. The things we do for you people. We love you. Buy our we shirts. <laughs> Take Please us home. Buy our fuck- if you don't own a fucking shirt, go to www.prorestingtees.com. Buy a fucking shirt. God damn it. Take us, Take us home so you can go home. Yeah. Great shirt. All right. <laughs> On behalf of that beautiful t-shirt behind me um, and the beautiful t-shirts coming up, uh, I've been talking to some designers. We might have a couple new t-shirts coming fingers crossed um and behalf of uh those beautiful bangles that you have on your shirt right there okay baby we have been motherfucking count today cheers